Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for February 9. This is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. For the past two years, it seems that all the news has been bad. International tensions, leaders constantly verbally attacking one another, especially during a pandemic when unity would seem to be a better way for countries to address the crisis. Bitterness and anger, blame and vitriol being spewed in the media and social media, together with divisions in the Western world. We can feel overwhelmed, swamped and beaten down by what appear to be unsolvable situations. Over these weeks, we are touching on various scenes in the Gospel of Luke, and as we do, it's important to keep in mind Luke's claim that his narrative is an accurate record about Jesus. It had been delivered by eyewitnesses and ministers of the Word. Many respected ancient historians today are agreed that Jesus not only lived, but that the Gospel records are reliable. Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 19, tell us that huge crowds came to Jesus to hear him teach and to be healed. What follows is a sermon specifically addressed to his group of close followers, as well as to a huge crowd. It begins, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 6 verses 17 through 26 And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowds sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you, and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. These are searching words, challenging us to ask, whose blessing do I want most of all? the blessing of my family and friends, the world, or the blessing of God. When Jesus says, Blessed are you who are poor, he's not only speaking of the materially destitute. At least four of his disciples there that day weren't poor. Peter and his brother had a fishing business, as did James and John. Yes, Jesus does have compassion for the materially poor and the powerless but he has in mind a wider meaning of the word poor found in the Old Testament. People who are aware that life is meaningless without God and that they are dependent upon him. In the 16th century, Thomas Cramner, Archbishop of Canterbury, understood the spiritual poverty of our human hearts. 
Ashley Knoll has summarized Cramner's understanding of our human nature. What the heart loves, the will chooses, and the mind justifies. In our natural state, we have no true love for God and His ways. Blessed, Jesus says, are those who are aware of their spiritual need, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Such people are members of God's kingdom now, and can already taste the joys of experiencing God in their lives. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled, Jesus continues. In saying the hungry will be filled, he is speaking of God's plan to provide everything good in all its fullness for his people, spiritually and materially. The hungry now long for the day when God's purposes and promises are fulfilled. Blessed are you who weep now, describes each of us who grieve over our own personal sin. These words also refer to those of us who weep because we grieve for a world where evil and its outcomes abound. Dr. Luke records examples of these kinds of grief elsewhere. The woman who poured expensive perfume over Jesus' feet at a dinner wept because of her former lifestyle. Peter wept when he heard the rooster crow, expressing his grief over denying Jesus three times. And not long before his crucifixion, Jesus wept over Jerusalem because its people were rejecting him. But weeping is not the final outcome for those who grieve. Jesus promises a day that will fulfill the words of Psalm 30, verse 5. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Supremely, the dawning of the day of Christ's return. The fourth blessing is the climax to the blessings. It's both a statement and an exhortation. Jesus is saying that his followers will experience suffering and persecution in various ways. Hatred, exclusion, denunciation, the blackening of their name because of their association with him, the Son of Man. Indeed, in 2012, Dr. Angela Merkel, the then German Chancellor, stated that Christians were the most persecuted group in the world. And nothing has changed. But Jesus exhorts us, Rejoice in that day, leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. Be glad on that day, he says, not because you have earned a reward in heaven, but because the opposition you experience signifies your genuine commitment to me. He now continues with some very tough words. Woe, or alas, he says. Woe conveys regret or sadness. It's the very opposite of blessing. People who live for riches and prosperity, the power and pleasures that riches can bring, he says, will only experience these benefits in this present world. They will be your only consolation, for you won't have them in the life to come. Linked with the rich are those who are full now, People who live to satisfy the desires of the flesh will one day experience emptiness. Woe to you who laugh now, 
Jesus is not suggesting that his followers are miserable and never laugh or smile. Rather, he is speaking against people who are filled with their own interests and delights, and who mock the things of God. Like the rich man in the parable Jesus later told, in chapter 12, they have no regard for God at all. They give no thought to the fact that all the good things that make for fun, laughter and success ultimately come from God. Woe to you when all speak well of you. Jesus now has tough words for people who live for the plaudits of the crowd. He is speaking of people who win popular adulation at the price of leaving God out of their lives. The self-serving path of popularity is the road to nowhere. It's easy to look for solutions to our fears and anxieties in wealth, clothes, popularity and the good life. Someone who valued his lifestyle on the Sydney Harbour foreshore once told me I shouldn't bother him about God. He had heaven now. To which I responded, but for how long? The mix of present and future tenses associated with Jesus' blessings reveal that all who turn to him can look forward to joy in the morning when he returns. And already we can taste what this will mean.
So let me pray. God our Father, you have promised to remain forever with those who do what is just and right. Help us to live in your presence. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all men and women, and banish from them the spirit that makes for war so that all races and peoples may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. In the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be amongst us, and remain with us always. Amen. John Mason is the speaker and writer of today's podcast. Prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the opening and concluding music is from St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney. The hymn, Come Down, O Love Divine, is sung by the Chamber Choir of the Cathedral under the direction of Ross Cobb. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast, We'd love to hear from you.